All right, everyone, welcome back to FishCast, the ramblings and musings of a 21st century Christian trying to live like a first century Christian. Got an interesting discussion for, uh, for us today. So let's get going and get on with the journey. All right, if you've listened to the first uh, podcast, uh, I stated God had to break down some walls to help me along in this journey to grow deeper in my relationship with him. First, as an aside, uh, isn't it pretty amazing that the God of the universe would pursue us and remove obstacles to strengthen our relationship with him? It's obviously mind-boggling. Anyways, as I've continued on in this journey, it was helpful for me to realize where I was in my spiritual life. Uh, As I've worked through a book called The Voice of the Prophet by A.W. Tozer, he touches on a uh, a couple of these ideas in different ways. Tozer states, and frankly, I agree with him, that there are essentially three types of people in this world. You've got the natural man, you've got the carnal man, and the man living the sacrifice life. Now, obviously, Uh, This applies to men and women, so we can say you've got the natural person, the carnal person, and the person living the sacrifice life. The natural man is the worldly man. This is a person that's not born again. They're under the influence of the prince of this world, who obviously is our old adversary. This person doesn't realize it, but they're under direction of forces and ideas that may not necessarily be their own. They're pursuing their selfish ideas, their selfish pursuits, and they're being driven that way uh, uh, by the prince of this world. Secondly, the carnal man is the saved or born again person. This is the Christian. But what's different with the, between the carnal man and the natural man is while this person's saved, His mind is still focused on the things of this world. She's focused on success, possessions, and power. And the person hasn't taken to heart the verse in Colossians uh, 3.2 that exhorts us to set our mind on the things that are above. Finally, Tozer tells us that there is another person that's living the sacrifice life. This is the Christian who has set their mind on the things above. This is the Christian who is moving closer and closer to God on a continual basis. This is the person that's dying to self and looking to serve others in a myriad of unique and God-glorifying ways. You can't put this person in a box. There isn't one thing that, they, uh, that these people do, uh, but it's a life lived uh, uh, to glorify God. It's important to note this person isn't perfect, but they're continually striving to become more and more holy. Personally, as I said in the first podcast, uh, over my previous 17-year journey, I, I was the carnal Christian, and I was that way for a number of years. To be honest, I can't exactly pinpoint how this happened, but I know that I never fully assumed my right identity in Christ. And once I became a Christian, I pursued what I wanted. Uh, I did put a slight Christian twist on it, but at the end of the day, it was the things of this world, and it was pursuing the vision that I had laid out for my, my life and not the one that Christ lays out. And it's not a life characterized by 
continual obedience and, and trusting in God. And you know, that's exactly the deceitfulness of sin. It can be so small, but so confusing, and we don't realize what it's doing in our lives or to us until it's too late. But again, fortunately, we have a great God who doesn't give up on us when we stray away or when we follow those sinful and deceitful desires. So I'm currently working through the book of Numbers, um, and it's an amazing book of the Bible that really I didn't realize had as much depth as it does. And I've really enjoyed uh, going through the book. I've already worked through Genesis. I've worked through Exodus, uh, uh, Leviticus, Deuteronomy. Uh, and so now I'm going into Numbers. Uh, and what exactly is Numbers about? For those of you who haven't read the book, strongly recommend that you do it. Uh, but Numbers highlights the events in the recently formed Israelite nation. Uh, they're on their way to the promised land. They've made their exodus from Egypt. They've received the law from God. Uh, they've committed their lives to God. They said, yes, we want to follow you. And they've constructed the temple. And now they're on their way to Canaan. So what we see in one of these stories, I think, is a great example of these three types of people uh, at play. And so we're going to focus on Numbers chapter 11. And I'm going to begin in verse 4. And I just want to read this real quick because it's, it's obviously really interesting. So starting in verse 4, Then the foreign rabble who were traveling with the Israelites began to crave the good things of Egypt. And the people of Israel also began to complain. Oh, for some meat, they exclaimed. We remember the fish we used to eat for free in Egypt. And we had all the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic we wanted. But now our appetites are gone. All we ever see is this manna. The manna looked like small coriander seeds, and it was pale yellow gum-like resin. The people would go out and gather it from the ground. They made flour by grinding it with hand mills or pounding it in mortars. Then they boiled it in a pot and made it into flat cakes. These cakes tasted like pastries baked with olive oil. The manna came down on the camp with the dew during the night. Moses heard all the family standing in the doorways of their tents whining, and the Lord became extremely angry. Moses was also very aggravated. And Moses said to the Lord, Why are you treating me, your servant, so harshly? Have mercy on me. What did I do to deserve the burden of all these people? Did I give birth to them? Did I bring them into the world? Why did you tell me to carry them in my arms like a mother carries a nursing baby? How can I carry them to the land you swore to give their ancestors? Where am I supposed to get meat for all these people? They keep whining to me saying, give us meat to eat. I can't carry all these people by myself. The load is far too heavy. If this is how you intend to treat me, just go ahead and kill me. Do me a favor and spare me this misery. Wow. What an interesting set of verses. So at this point in time, we've got the Israelites are traveling through uh, the desert. They're on their way to Canaan, the promised land, which if you're not familiar with the promised land, was supposed to be flowing with milk and honey. And you will get to a story uh, a few chapters down that talks about uh, really what the promised land 
look like from the 40 scouts or spies that were sent out. Uh, but they've been traveling in the desert for um, maybe a year or so. Uh, I'm not really sure, but it's been for quite some time. They've eaten nothing but manna, apparently, and they're getting sick of it. And I know I can sympathize uh, on how easy it is to get tired of something that you've been eating uh, for a significant amount of time, whether it be turkey sandwiches every day for lunch or uh, cereal for breakfast. Sometimes things just get old. But it's really interesting. We've got three main characters uh, that come through in this story. We've got what um, verse 4 calls the foreign rabble who were traveling with the Israelites. We have the Israelites, or the people of Israel, and then we have Moses. And each of these people highlight one of the three different types of people we find in this world. So you've got the foreign rabble, and I think you probably understand and can see these are the natural people. These are the people that are focused on what's going on back in Egypt and all the great things that they've got. And it says in verse 4, the foreign rabble who were traveling with the Israelites began to crave the good things of Egypt. As I said earlier, the natural man is focused on the things of this world. They're focused on uh, the, 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 all the things that the world has to offer, whether it be food, whether it be possessions, whether it be positions of power. Um, they want the best of this world. They're not focused on anything else but getting all that they can. And there's an indication here that the foreign rabble were only traveling along with the Israelites uh, in order to try to get the best of what they could from religion. So they're always focused on self. The people of Israel, it says shortly after that, that they began to complain as well. Oh, what we would do for some meat. Again, not focused on God, not focused on all the many blessings that they had so far, uh, but focused on the things of this world. And there, there could be, and while it doesn't say this, there, there could be some influence that had occurred from the foreign rabble that, that kind of got them stirred up. But what they should have done, instead of complaining to each other and complaining to Moses, is uh, go to God. Ask God. Um, put his care, put their cares on God. First uh, Peter chapter 5, verses 6-7 through seven, tells us to place our anxieties on God. He, he cares for us. And really, that's what uh, the Israelites should have done. They had seen all these great things that God had done with them. Uh, with the parting of the Red Sea, with uh, providing the manna, and they still did not trust in God's provision. So Moses at this point uh, represents the person living the sacrifice life. What does he do? Well, he immediately runs to God and he says, God, what are you doing to me? He doesn't sin though in doing that. He uh, essentially uh, says, I can't carry on anymore and I need some help. So what does God do? God gives everybody exactly what they want. Shockingly, <laughs> Moses, uh, if we were to keep reading on, Moses got some help. Uh, uh, he brought forward 70 elders to help Moses uh, in leading the people. Uh, and the people got their meat. Um, 
What's so interesting about this, though, is that when the meat came, uh, there was so much meat that they had to work day and night to collect it. In fact, uh, if we skip ahead to uh, chapter 11, verse 31, it says, Now the Lord sent a wind that brought quail from the sea and let them fall all around the camp. For miles in every direction, there were quail flying about three feet above the ground. So the people went out and caught quail all that day and throughout the night and all the next day too. No one gathered less than 50 bushels. The Lord opened up an amazing harvest of these, these quail. They had so much uh, that they could uh, take it. Uh, they had to work day and night to, to gather it all. And what I find so interesting is the juxtaposition between uh, what they were doing to collect the quail and what they normally did to collect the manna. To collect the manna, uh, which we see as, as they're commanded in Exodus 16 through 21, uh, all they had to do was go out every morning and they collected what they need for the day. Um, they worked till the manna melted away by the hot sun. They didn't work throughout the whole day. They certainly didn't work throughout the whole night and then go straight back to work uh, the very next day. Uh, like they did with the quail. And that's what I find so interesting because in today's world, this is exactly what most Christians are doing. And certainly what the natural man is doing is we are killing ourselves, working day and night to try to get the things that we think will make us happy. And at the end of the day, those things only lead to further emptiness and further unhappiness in our lives because all they're doing is drawing us away from God. Now, these people uh, got a punishment uh, from God, but that's not what my key focus is on, on, uh, in the discussion of this. My key focus today is that we really want the people to, or I want you to see these three types of people and where they are on their journey. And no matter where you are in this journey, you can keep pushing on. You can continue to know God, and to know him better. If you're a foreigner to the kingdom of God, uh, the natural man, turn your life over to him today. Ask Jesus into your life. Make him uh, realize your need for reconciliation with God and that he can provide that. And more importantly, he can help provide that leadership moving forward. You don't have to take all of this on on your own. Secondly, if you're a carnal Christian, Start today by putting your sights on God. God has called you for so much more um, uh, than going after the things of this world. And finally, if you're living the sacrifice life, be encouraged that God cares for you. You have direct access to him. He hears your prayers and he answers your prayers. So again, as always, I hope you enjoyed this short discussion on the three types of people. The natural person, the carnal person, and the person living the sacrifice life. In subsequent podcasts, I want to touch on a few areas that we can use to continue on in this journey all the way to the sacrifice life. It's where God is calling us, and it's where we're going to find the most joy out of life. So thanks, everybody. If you have any comments, uh, please send them my way. I would love to hear them. And let's keep fishing. <laughs>